0: Hello and welcome to this week's Reorg Europe podcast. My name is Sean Kureshi, and I'm a legal analyst in Reorg's London office. This week I'm joined by reporter Connor Lovell and financial analyst Lawrence Fitzpatrick. We will be discussing Servitech's liquidity crisis and the sharp drop in equity and bond values of litigation funder, Burford Capital. Connor, what's happening with British survival equipment manufacturer, Tech? Survivotech?
1: So, SurvivorTech's lenders were notified of a possible covenant breach in February. But it wasn't until last week that lenders were told by Onyx, Servitech's private equity sponsor, that they would not be providing an equity cure. Instead, lenders have been asked to provide new money themselves. Uh, The 175 million euro tranche of Servitech's term loan B promptly fell 20 points to 60 following the news.
0: Okay, so how has the company been performing?
1: Servitech reported uh, LTM adjusted EBITDA of 43 million to March 31st, while net debt totaled $421 $421 million. This compares with an LTM EBITDA of $53 million at the end of 2018. Then in May, Servitech made a £13 million pound provision to cover the cost of uh, equipment recalled from the US Navy, with an expected $3.5 million reduction in full-year EBITDA. Other than this, the company is a very full order book, particularly in defence.
0: Okay, but this isn't the uh, first time Servitech has breached its uh, covenants, is it?
1: No, it's not. Uh, Servitech breached its quarterly debt-covenant ratio in June 2018, driven by problems involved in the integration of Wilhelmsen Maritime Services, a Norwegian company that Servitech merged with in 2016. In response, Onyx provided £18.8 million in equity, and the lenders agreed to amend covenants in return for a 50 basis point increase across across the cap stack. Under the loan documentation, Onyx does have the ability to cure covenant breaches up to four times in non consecutive quarters, but clearly believes it's the turn of the lenders to provide further capital. In that case, there's a chance that providers of new capital may ask for compensation in shares. Uh, Molis are advising the lenders while the company's being advised by Julian Loki.
0: Thanks, Connor. Hi, Lawrence. We saw the equity and bonds of Burford Capital fall sharply this week as a result of a short seller report. What can you tell us about the situation?
2: Sure. So as you mentioned, the uh, the shares of Burford Capital have fallen around 60% since Tuesday afternoon on the back of the short note released by Muddy Waters, and the group's retail bonds fell around 30 points as well. Now, Burford Capital is a legal finance specialist, so it's involved in, amongst other things, financing litigation. Uh, and the short note ranges widely from accounting issues to corporate governance concerns, but it does raise uh, a number of areas of concern for us. Uh, Principally, Muddy Waters alleges that Burford has been misleading investors uh, through its use of fair value accounting for cases that are in progress and also that their reported return on investment capital, or ROIC, and its IRRs are manipulated. Uh, And the note points to a number of of examples relating to seemingly erroneous timing in the case of IRR, as well as instances where the actual return generated appears to be questionable, and that's either in the form of uh, recovery being in cash or some kind of other instrument as well. Uh, the note also alleges that the bulk of return generated by Burford is merely fair value adjustments, i.e. non-cash, and that the company has gone to some lengths to obfuscate around this.
0: Okay, so what's what's your take on the situation?
2: Well, it, it's still early days, but the, the company has issued a strong rebuttal to many of the claims. Uh, management have pointed out that they're either factually incorrect, spurious, or in some cases deliberately uh, disingenuous. Uh, notwithstanding this, some of the allegations are concerning, principally those that pertain to disingenuous fair value accounting of claims and also attempts to gain timing for the sake of boosting reported IRRs. What seems clear from our analysis, however, is that the underlying business itself is cash generative at its current juncture. The business is capital intensive and involved in financing litigation claims, so it takes the funding of these claims through cash flow from operations on the cash flow statement, turning this number negative as the company is investing in growth. But we think it's more proper to strip this out and treat it as similar to CapEx, say, for a conventional corporate. And on this basis, we can derive a, a last 12 months cash EBITDA number of around $511 million and levered free cash flow before investments of $435 million. Now, clearly, a degree of free cash flow will be necessary to maintain or replace the investments that are being collected upon. But in the context of the group's capital structure, which is essentially a net debt of around $528 million, uh, this underlying cash generation seems adequate, adequate to cover that. And even in a runoff scenario, the group's cash generation capacity looks able to cover the, the capital structure in its current guise. Now, where the co- picture becomes more difficult uh, is the group's outstanding maximum forward commitments, which amounted to um, around $890 million, according to the group's um, first half report uh, in Note 20. Uh, the group's funded itself entirely through retail bonds in the equity market, um, both of which um, have exhibited signs of stress uh, in, the, in the back of the note coming out. Now, the tenor of these funding commitments is not clear, um, but the group has stated that it anticipates less than 50% of them being sought uh, over the next 12 months. Now, this equates to, at a maximum, 445 million, and thus, if you were to hold um, levered free cash flow before investment's constant at the figure of four hundred thirty-five million that we discussed, the group should have sufficient liquidity to fund these commitments in the near term through cash flow and also its available cash. Um, so, notwithstanding an out, uncertain outlook for the business and its shareholders, the bonds appear to be relatively well covered
0: just by the book of litigation investments. Thanks, Lawrence. The Reorg Europe podcast will be back in two weeks. Goodbye. <laughs>